there. Welcome to Your In-Depth, where we walk through and break down our favorite fictional universes. Today we're going to cover The Clone Wars, Season 2, Episodes 5 and 6. I think these two are one of Evan's favorites. Uh, yeah, at least, is... at least the first one. At least five. Well, five through eight really is one of my more favorite arcs within the Clone Wars okay. uh, show. Because it's going back to Geonosis and dealing with all that kind of stuff, as we'll cover in the episodes. Um, so, which which is nice, just because obviously, as we know in the second movie, we just get a little bit of like fighting on Geonosis. You know, and it's mainly from the viewpoint of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And this way we get a little more of the clone action on Geonosis. So, hmm. And also I like this series because oftentimes, except for I think like a, a couple of different of the different like Ryloth episodes throughout the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. we don't really see planets being revisited during the war. That's which kind of leaves like this like, oh, they captured this planet, so it's just theirs and that's that. But in truth, yeah. planets, just like in any other war, land is gained and lost back and forth, back and forth until the yeah. war finally concludes. So that's another reason I really like this, this arc. It kind of hmm. highlights um, that a little bit. So. Yeah. But if you are listening to this as it comes out, uh, currently the Andor series is running. Uh, first three episodes are out as of now. They came out pending. yesterday, correct? As of what we're recording? Wednesday. Technically Wednesday. Tuesday maybe, but Wednesday. So two okay. days ago from the recording date here. Um, so if you're listening to this, well, you know what? I, I don't even know when I'll release this, so I can't even say how many would be out at the time that you're listening to this. Cause a, that could vary wild, like widely, but if you're listening to it as it comes out, yeah. I don't know. That was a string of nonsense, but <laughs> anyway, so the, uh, yeah. Episode five is titled landing at point rain. Yeah. Um, anyhow. our little description via Disney Plus just simply reads Anakin, Ahsoka, and Kiati Mundi seek to destroy a droid facility. Yep. Um, um the quote we get. Evan, you want to read it? I don't know if I usually read those or what, but yeah, you, I got, you go I ahead. Gotcha. Uh one second, it's gotta come up. There oh it is. God. <laughs> took a second to get there sorry uh it it's says fine. believe in yourself or no one else will yep um and uh and the... we did do a cover of this episode before but did not get the second episode covered so we couldn't send an episode out covering it yeah um, so in other words when I fail to remember what's happening in this episode, I have seen it a total of probably four times. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, uh, I, I will probably still forget, but then that's even further on me. So, you know, not yeah. that it would be on anybody um, else anyway, but, you know. But I remember mentioning probably a couple different times last time we covered this many mm-hmm. moons ago. Um <laughs> One of my favorite parts about this whole, just this episode in general, is, and I will, I'm sure I'll say it again throughout our coverage, is the the rise and fall of this episode. Uh, and I'll point yeah. that out more specifically as we go through, but that's one of my more favorite parts uh, <clears throat> right before we get started. And then you've got the, the narration intro, if you want to go ahead. Yeah, and it off. says, counterattack. 
with the clone army stretched in desperate attempt to engage General Grievous's Starfleet, Separatist planet that were once thought secure are now rising up against the Republic. On Geonosis, Separatist legal... Yeah, I, I blended the two words. <laughs> Separatist leader Poggle the Lesser, safe in his newly ray-shielded factories, creates thousands of terrible new weapons which march off and assemble an assembly line against the outnumbered clone army. The Jedi, resolute in their force, no, their effort to restore order to the Republic, mount a massive invasion and retake Geonosis and shut down Pago's factories of terror once and for all. So um, with you reading that off and hitting the point with the, you know, the battle droids being created, it reminded me mm -hmm. of this... Uh, this TikTok I had seen was someone else covering Star Wars stuff. Uh, and for some reason, it reminded me of that TikTok, and it was talking about the different blaster bolt colors from the different, mm. like, weapons and stuff. Because we see droids using, when they shoot, it's red blaster bolts. Clones are using blue. Mm -hmm. um, Mandalorians and whatnot that we see typically have, like, green, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and it just reminded me of that, I think, just because, like, the Separatists, like you know they just shove out droid after droid after droid so fast because they're you know cheap and very easy to make and whatnot yeah uh, and this guy was talking about i can't remember what his name was unfortunately but he was talking about how uh like the red blaster bolts within the star wars universe are made from a certain material mm -hmm. um that's very cheap very easy to uh like mine and then send off to put in their blasters and whatnot. And in red blaster bolts actually are better against organic material. Hmm. Uh, whereas like with the clones using blue, it is a little more expensive, not much more, but it's better against more. It's more suited for against mechanical things. So like yeah. droids, you know, hmm. um, and I think just cause you were mentioning with the intro of Poggle the Lesser, sending new war machines out, you know, out to fight just kind of reminded me of that. And I thought it was a cool yeah. little tidbit to add in there as well. Just again, showing that the separatists are very cheap. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't have as much backing as the entire galactic Republic, you know? Well, I'm... I mean, I mean, as far as like money wise, you know, you've yeah. got an entire government versus like this, like side well separatist you know right it's like well, they've got and, their government but i'm yeah. just saying the, the difference in funding and, and available money is probably maybe Truthfully, a little bit less i think i would argue that they might have more really because they've got the, like the banking clan and oh, that's uh, true and the techno union and, and all those which were like your those were like your uh, essentially, your banks, your your money loaners and whatnot, like those, like they, before the Clone Wars all kicks off, like they are the people that like they uh, don't the word, but they basically control trade and whatnot to different planets mm. and stuff on like larger scales. So, I, the the Separatists might, I'm not sure honestly, but they might just have have like more funding overall, hmm. which is why you see so many more battle droids in battles than you do clone troopers. As yeah. well as the fact that it takes, you know, clone troopers like nine years for one clone trooper mm. to be able to go off to war. Yeah. Um, but well, I, maybe, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Well, because there's initial thoughts, but I mean, there's some battles within the Clone Wars where we don't really get to see it in the TV show, but you see it in some of the different books and comics and stuff where it's like 
for every one clone trooper, there's like a hundred battle droids, mm-hmm. you know, but it's because the clone troopers have their training and whatnot that they prevail. Um, but anyways, that's sidetracking okay. on a whole other thing to the episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's, that's fine. Um, um so yeah, we open our scene though with, uh, Kiati Mundi and Obi-Wan talking. Uh, Anakin and Ahsoka approach and talk of who got more kills between their groups. Um, Something we had mentioned in that unaired recording is like they kind of already are doing this whole Legolas and Gimli thing. Yeah, it's... Granted, it's because of the way that they did the Clone Wars in terms of episodes and whatnot. uh, We really don't know how long after episode two this episode takes place. I'm sure we could go on like Wikipedia or something like that and and get a more accurate, you know, time frame for it. And we do know this is very early in the war, obviously. It's season two, you know. Um, but it's just, show, like, very quickly, Anakin, I would say more so Anakin than Ahsoka, turns this war into a game. Yeah. And Ahsoka's just kind of there for the ride, and she just kind of picks up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, especially, like, in this opening scene with Kiati Mundi and Obi-Wan, they're talking about, like, I think Obi-Wan makes a comment of, like, I, I wish I'd never have to come back here again or something along those lines. Yeah. So, like, Kiati Mundi and Obi-Wan are like, no, we're at war. This is serious. Like, we feel the loss of life here. This is a terrible thing. Anakin and Ahsoka are like, we're having fun. This is great. Let's have a blast. Yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. Well, oh, nice. <laughs> um, but they form a plan of attack on Geonosis, and they aim to capture Poggle. Yeah. Um, Obi-Wan and his group load up and take off on uh, in the gunships uh, approaching the Gene Oceans. Yeah, so um, real quick before we continue on, basically their planning here is to do a three-pronged attack uh, on a, a landing point to push to the droid factories uh, on Geonosis with Kiati Mundi, Obi-Wan, and then Anakin and Ahsoka, each respectively leading their own force of clones. Um, And as we will see very quickly in this episode, things do not really go according to plan. And again, that landing point they're landing at is Point Rain, hence the name of the title, or the the title of the episode. Um, And in my opinion, we definitely get that feeling of like, they don't expect as much resistance as they're going to run into. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like yeah, they've got this plan and whatnot, and a common th- uh, common saying in wartime is uh, any plan fails on first contact. Mm-hmm. So as soon as bullets start flying, or in this case, blaster bolts start flying, any plan just kind of goes out the window. Yeah. Uh, they really don't take that to heart <laughs> in this instance. They're like, yeah, we'll just land here push the droid factory, take it out, and we're good. <laughs> and like I said, as we see very early on in this episode, it doesn't happen that way. Yeah. But um, as they're flying off and launching their you know, plan and doing it, uh, they do take on some fire, and many of the ships are hit. We yeah. see a group of clones in one of them that says, good, things those bug- good thing those bugs can't aim. Uh, and then they get hit and blow up. Yeah, uh, but um, overall they just they take a lot of damage, and uh, Anakin's ship crashes. There's 
quite a bit of action to start yeah, off. Really, I th if I'm not mistaken, all three of the Jedi generals taking part in this initial invasion, all three of their gunships go down. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, and we I, do I was kind of going through it as I was yeah. watching it, and so first was Anakin's, but yeah, and then uh, uh, Kiati's ship gets hit, and then eventually so does Obi-Wan's, which I don't remember if yeah. we saw Obi-Wan's actually go down, but we did I mean he his did crash and we we learned yeah that. I I think we do hear it over like radio chatter uh, we kind of hear I think we hear Obi Wan over the radio I think probably through Rex's uh, radio we hear him say we're going or we're hit we're going down and kind of statics out um, but Anakin's really the only one to walk away from those crashes unscathed really yeah. out of the three generals like yes Ahsoka does as well but I'm you know. Jedi oh, generals the, here, Ahsoka. Sorry, sorry, dude, but you're kind of off to the side real quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like Kiati Mundi is a little hurt. You know, we do see him like holding his side as he gets out of his ship, and but Obi Wan yep. gets real messed up. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, Grant, they can't really show it that well because at, yeah, it's it's more of a kid's show, but like they show it in different ways throughout the episode. Uh, yeah, how hurt Obi Wan really gets. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we, we learn that Obi-Wan, uh, his uh, ship went and, down. Um, yeah, so, and, and actually, I think it did show it a little bit. Sorry, or, real quick. I just maybe noticed. Chatter, like you said. But. I just noticed something real quick. When Anakin's gunship goes down and then it cuts to him and they're like, Anakin's like, come on, we got to get out. We got to keep moving forward. Anakin just lifts the door of the gunship off of the gunship and throws it. Not using the force, like just with his arms, and like that is that has got to be like pure steel, or something very close to, like dear lord, Anakin, you've been juicing over there or something. <laughs> like he just like both hands picks it up and just eh. Jeez, no. <laughs> I never realized that before. <laughs> Inconsistency. This show sucks. No. Um, You're telling me Anakin can do that, but in the battle on episode three with him versus Obi Wan, he's sitting there struggling lightsaber to lightsaber with Obi Wan. That's what you're telling me. He's not strong enough just to push Obi Wan around. Come on now. Inconsistencies galore here. <laughs> <laughs> but we we cut to an overview of the wreckage, and we see that everyone is pretty broken uh, up, hit pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, Anakin and Ahsoka and Rex start fighting off some Geonosians. And um, we do see with are, them as well. they're informed, really quick, they're informed yeah. of everyone, uh, kind of how, the, the state of the yeah. others. Uh, and then they move forward. But we, we do see as well, very quickly um, into the episode as well, that Anakin and Ahsoka go down nowhere close to where they were supposed to land. Oh, yeah. they Right, yeah. because, as I kind of said before, the, the whole plan was all three forces land and then push to point rain well as we see in early in the episode anakin is talking to ahsoka as they're going over their plan and ahsoka points out this wall this fortress whatever you want to call it uh in this mountain pass and anakin states that you know oh we're not going to be anywhere near that uh, and we see they end up pretty close to that <laughs> yeah you know this big old fortification that's been built um Again, just going towards the the kind of the dire, the direness of the situation they're in, uh, with you know all three Jedi generals being shot down, two of them being injured, one of them not even being close where they're supposed to be landing, yeah. and as we get a more full picture of 
what's going on here. We do see as well there are a lot of clone troopers down, um, dead and injured, as uh, and, and we see a lot of gunships crashed down. We see see uh, some ATTEs that are destroyed, just kind of laying about the battlefield. Um, and in several different shots, we see just random clone troopers leaned up against whatever destroyed gunship or, or you know, ATTE or um, just a gunship that's been put in a certain position, what have you. Uh, just, again, giving us this overall picture of not just this battle not going very well off the get-go, but, like, this battle going very badly very quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's definitely... If you're not looking for it, I can, I can see that I can see it being very easy to miss, but it's like dead clone trooper galore. Yeah. Um, but we see a couple of special force clones push forward and try to find Obi Wan. Uh, they do find him, and it's only him and another clone that are alive in the wreckage. And yeah. Obi Wan's beat up pretty hard. Well, and those uh, we two don't see clones... the full. Ex- we don't see the full extent of it, yeah. as you mentioned, um, but he's he's definitely you can mm. tell that he's well. And those he's those two clones that that go out for Obi Wan, we do get we do know who they are. We've is we've that a waxer? waxer and Boyle? Boyle, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and we saw them last season, I believe it was, in the Ryloth arc. Yep, they were with, um, with Obi Wan and, and Cody, and the, the yeah, one and they they were going through this. Take out the gun emplacements, right? And they were Ryloth. they were going throughout the city, and they're the one who found the little uh, Twilight yeah. girl, yep. who kept calling them Nara, uh, or in her tongue was blank. Um, no, no, it, it so, was brother. Come on now, it was blank. <laughs> it was blank. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, she was like uh, and I want to get to that point real quick because I just want to double check. Okay, they're they're wearing different armor at the, in in this battle uh, because we we do see, which I find a little strange now that I kind of look at it, and I can't believe I didn't really think of it before. Obi Wan and Kiati Mundi's clones are wearing different armor from their normal armor. Mm-hmm. But Anakin's clones are still wearing the typical Phase One clone armor. No, oh. because Obi Wan. So when we see Waxer and Boyle, they're wearing like Scout Trooper armor. They've got the yeah. the, the visors there, a little bit of different helmet, like Phase One Scout Trooper armor. Uh, Kiati Mundi's clones are wearing armor similar to because Kiati Mundi leads. The, I'm drawing a blank on their number, but they're the Galactic Marines. Is kind of like their their name for their their company or the battalion, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so the Kiati Moody's clones are wearing like an kind of like an offshoot of their typical armor, their typical like uh, what is it like their pink that mm-hmm. they wear. Uh, again, whereas Obi Wan's besides Cody, the rest of Obi Wan's clones for the most part are wearing some variant. It looks like of the Scout Trooper armor, hmm. which I find weird that Anakin's clones are not. Because, um, granted, Obi Wan's troopers, the the two hundred twelfth is, uh, I'm trying to think, they're they're not the Nova Corps. I think that's uh, Ala Securus. Um, but they are, are they the Mama Corps. No. <laughs> that creature on Crask uh, uh, <laughs> or whatever it was, <laughs> whatever Mandalorian, right. Is that the- uh, I don't know if I got um, the city right or the, 
but, the right with that, but anyways, Obi Wan's detachment of clones of two hundred and twelfth is not an actual full clone battalion. They are considered like more of a special forces group of clones, whereas Anakin's five hundred first is like a full on plain old clone battalion, right? Uh, and so maybe that has something to do with it, with Obi Wan's being more special forces based than Anakin's, so that's why they have that this kind of like special armor for the planet, whereas Anakin's are just like your generic clones of a plain old clone battalion, so they just have the plain old phase one armor. Maybe that's it, but I, I don't think we really get a reason why they've got the different armor. I see. And I again, Kiari Mooney's they've still got the helmet of their normal uh uh galactic marine armor or clone armor that we see in like episode three. But it is, again, kind of like an off-branch of... I just found that weird. I don't know. I kind of rambled there for a little bit, but... That's fine. What's new? The stuff I noticed. Um, <laughs> so the battle continues, though. Obi-Wan plans to hold their position and hope for Kiati and Anakin's arrival. Uh, yeah. Admiral Yularen and a group kind of look over that, I think, up the planet... I don't. I don't think they're. Yeah. Down in the atmosphere, but um, they well, look over and determine that Anakin is near a barrier, which he comments saying it is a fortress. Yeah, and so um, I do think they are in atmosphere because it, it, I think it would make more sense for them to be in atmosphere for because Admiral Yalaren is kind of coordinating the airstrikes that they're running. Because one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is this is not just a battle in this one spot that we're that, that we could see on screen. This is a full planetary invasion. And we get that from Admiral Yalarin because he comments as, uh I think either Obi Wan or Anakin at this point calls up like, hey, we need air support. And he makes a comment of like uh we can't we're already spread or stretch too thin with uh assisting other parts of the invasion. So like this is a full planetary planetary invasion. We're just watching one aspect of it. Um, and with Obi Wan as well, we do see at this point they positioned ATTEs and uh, lat gunships in a circle where they've crash landed, and they're not even trying to advance. They're they are simply trying to hold the ground where they're at. They're kind of in that much of a situation. They can't pull. They can't pull back because they're getting hit from all sides. They can't push forward because they've got too many injured, and they're just kind of stuck. And so, like you said, like Obi Wan makes a comment, like they have to wait. They don't have anywhere to go. Yeah. And we see that they've set up like gun emplacements within the gunships that are on the ground. Um, they've got you know their gunners up in the the big guns on the gun on the LAT, LT wow ATTEs brain fart there holy crap. Um, and all around them we see downed gunships. Like I I paused at this one spot as I kind of talked about this, and right here I can see two downed gunships just sitting there as well with uh, AAT on the droid side pushing in, explosions going off, blaster bolts flying. Like Obi-Wan is definitely in the worst position you could possibly be in in a battlefield. Hmm. Like He can't retreat. He can't push forward. He barely has enough clones with him to hold their position. And the fact that they hold it for so long, as we'll see in the episode, is very impressive. You know, because they're not just fighting battle droids that are stupid and follow their programming. They're fighting Geonosians that can think and have, like, this yeah. hive mind mentality so they can act as one without even having to talk to each other. 
Hmm. So just the, the the fact that they that they hold for as long as they do is impressive. Yeah. So um, we cut over to Anakin, who is at the base of that fortress and taking fire from droids on top. Uh, there's a bit of cutting back and forth between him and uh, Kayati quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, one quick correction on myself. I said Anakin oh. or Obi-Wan talking to Admiral Yularen for air support. It's actually Kiati Mundi. Uh-uh. Uh, it, it's, his, it's his clone commander. I think it's Commander Bakara. Hmm. That sounds right. I don't know. His contact to Admiral Yularen. <laughs> no, 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 Jacob. That's a whole different show, buddy. Whole different oh, show. Is there. Was yeah. there actually a show mm-hmm. with that? That was that was a show yeah. as well. Yeah, I you had being little, those little, little like uh, battle yeah. things, you know. But there, there was a whole show about it. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I just wanted to correct myself on that. It's actually Commander Bakara with Kiadi Mundi contacting Admiral Yularen, where we get the the comment from Admiral Yularen that they cannot assist. And he actually says okay. it would it would mean sacrificing other areas of the campaign, gotcha. again implying that this is a whole planet wide thing. Um, well, um, yeah, I, I feel really weird calling him Kiati, but that's his name. You know, what would you oh, refer it's to him as? Commander Jet. It's Commander Jet, not even Bakara. That's weird. Oh, I don't know where I got Bakara. Nice from one. Anyways, anyway, uh, I just I think the easiest way to refer to him, unless you're going to do the full Kiati Mundi. Is just like General Mundi because we hear him called that a couple different times throughout the I show. I like that. I like the sound of that a little better. I keep feeling weird. Like I don't know. Anyway, we yeah, see him. His, we his, see his, we see traffic cone head <laughs> um, moving his ahead name, into though, a different area. His name though, like Kiadi or Kiadi Mundi. Yeah. It's got like the hyphens in there, like Obi Wan's do. Like we don't. We see uh, like Satine or later on in the show call him like Obi. You know, yeah, and, but like, you never Jar Jar calls him. him Obi in oh. the movies, you know, and I think in the show as well. But it's like that's the only two people that you hear call him Obi. Yeah, and so it's it's weird, like it's and then it, it it's weird saying just Obi instead of Obi Wan. It's got the little yeah, hyphen in be between calling, Obi and Wan. I'm not going to be calling General Mundi Key either, right? You know, that's not going to call him Key or Adi. Like that's just weird. Like just like even like... just Kiati sounds weird. Like yeah. I've always it's either been Kiati Mundi, Mundi, right. or General Mundi. I still I like it. Conehead. <laughs> of I'm gonna course call him you Conehead. do. I'm gonna call him Conehead. It just reminds yeah. me of that movie. Like, is, is, what's uh-huh. that movie? Is that called Conehead? I think it's called Conehead. It's got um uh Dan Aykroyd <laughs> in it. Um, like Kiati Mundi like, might as well be like the main character of that movie. <laughs> I think he was, a, yeah. Distant, distant relation, dis, a distant relation to yeah, to the Coneheads. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we see Conehead moving ahead and uh, going into a different area. Yeah, and, we see um, and they enter like through those barricades. Those, yeah. those big old, which are basically like the Star Wars version of what what were called uh, hedgehogs. That were seen in World War II in the Pacific Theater, uh, so that's basically like the Marines pushing for like fighting Japan and whatnot okay. with their amphibious landings. They would put hedgehogs, is what they called them, uh, in the water leading up to the beaches, and basically it's like this uh, metal contraption they would put in the water. And so as gunboats are pushing through to try and land, uh, they'd run into these hedgehogs. And it would either it would either stop the gunboats or the the landing boats in their place. 
or it would stop them and puncture a hole, filling them with water. So Marines would have to like jump over the sides and try and swim ashore and get mowed down by like machine gun nests. And we see that in uh, Saving Private Ryan as well. Mm. All those those like metal barricades they have set up on the beaches there in the yeah. opening scene of Saving yeah. Private Ryan. Those are hedgehogs. But and as so these moving. big old metal contraptions are basically Star Wars version of the hedgehogs because yeah, it just stops the heavier. Yeah, it stops. Yeah, stops your ATTEs. It stops your um, your different walkers that the that the Republic has from being able to move through. And then, yeah. as we see in this, uh, we see Kiati Mundi with his lightsaber just cut, you know, yeah. cutting through them to clear, clear a the path. Way. Yeah, clear a path for the few tanks he has left. Um, but they end up entering like a cave, and well, a cave, not like a cave. It was a cave, uh, and they get attacked by Gene Oceans. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Anakin and Ahsoka plan on climbing up the fortress and then bringing it down, so they yeah. grapple up it. And as we see Anakin and Ahsoka as well, like I don't know how many troops Anakin starts with, right? But at this point, we see he has like maybe a dozen left. Yeah, he do, he does not really have very many. Like, and, and granted, in other episodes and stuff, in in like the Clone Wars movie, right, the animated movie that they released, where we get introduced to Ahsoka. Yeah. Uh, when we see Anakin in command of some of his clones, he has like five of them, mm-hmm. which again is very weird. I don't know if he just allocates the rest to Obi Wan to hold the line in that movie or what. But often we see Anakin with hardly any clones. Yeah. Like, I think the most clones we see him with is, like, the Umbara arc that we'll see later on in the show, where it's purely about his battalion, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, all of those clones fall under Anakin. But, like, other than that one, I can't think of a time where we see Anakin with more than, like, a dozen, maybe two dozen clones. He just never has very many. And I don't That's know true. if that means he just loses so many or if he just doesn't get very many to start with. But, like... I just hope it's the latter because if it's the former, like, dude, you got to change something, dog. You're losing way too many guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and granted, we do see very but, often in this show, regardless of what Jedi were following or what clones were following, like, there's those random unnamed clones that in the initial attack, they just get hit and just die. Yeah. Right. But, like, Anakin just seems to never have very many. yeah um but we see conehead and his group still fighting off the bugs um yeah because they take this they take this cave to try and get over to anakin's position correct yeah Yeah, so basically they're they're looking for a shortcut uh to get over to to reinforce anakin yeah is basically what they're doing when they run into essentially this ambush in these in these caves which yep kind of confuses me number one i can see i can see the the upside to taking this this shortcut like they got to get over there to reinforce anakin help him out meet up you know consolidate their forces mm-hmm. but also kiati mundi's been here before he's been to geonosis before so why why are they caught so surprised in the caves i don't know like, like you know what I mean? Like, kind of, yeah. They, because in comics and stuff like that as well, in the comics, you're first introduced to General Grievous on Geonosis. General Grievous is actually on Geonosis during the clone, the Attack of the Clones movie. We just don't see him in the movie because um, that's where he gets all of his cybernetics and whatnot. 
And there's a story where he kills like a bunch of Jedi that go into the caves um, of Geonosis to, to track down Geonosian leadership. And it's like, in order for us to get that story, some Jedi had to make it out. Or someone had to have at least known it happened, whether it be over comms or what have you. Like, it's like, and it's not just General Grievous fighting, like, Geonosians are fighting them in the caves and all this kind of other stuff. So it's like, Mundi should have access to this information. Hmm. But somehow they're caught surprised I don't know. going into these caves and whatnot on Geonosis where there's a hive mind that lives underground in basically a honeycomb, like honeycomb nests, basically like ants. Yeah. And somehow they're surprised that they get attacked in there. Hmm. Um, Leading to uh, my overall opinion of Kiati Mundi being the worst Jedi in the Jedi histories that I know. It does kind of seem derpy. Right. Whereas, like, yes, Anakin has his faults. He falls to the dark side and all that. But while he's a Jedi. Well, no, 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 no. that's a whole other thing. I could go on about that. We'll save that for another time. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying but, he's, he's decent. But Not yeah, but like, d- like during Anakin's time as a Jedi, even though he falls to the dark side, he's still a good Jedi. He he goes against the code here and there, but that's neither here nor there. But like, Don't know if when it comes to Jedi, Jedi but he's when, a good general. When it, he is a good Jedi general, he, but I don't know. when he's doing Jedi things, he's a good Jedi. He's effective. Yes, you know, and and so, but like, Kiati Mundi is this Jedi master. He should have all of this knowledge, you know, like like more knowledge than Anakin or your or any Jedi Knight. And I've I've pointed this out before, but time and time again, we see him making the wrong calls. And at some point, it stops being just making a bad call. And it starts being just someone that doesn't know what they're doing, <laughs> you know, you know, because like there, there's a difference between making a bad call and always being wrong. <laughs> True. <laughs> and time and time again, as we will see in the Clone Wars and as we see in like episode three, Kiati Mundi consistently makes the wrong calls. Hmm. And in my opinion, going into the caves is a wrong call. Yeah. I was thinking he's got a heart in the top of his head. That's his anatomy. And I was trying to figure out where I learned that. And then I remembered I had (laughs) this sitting next to me. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, Revenge of the Sith visual dictionary. That is all. But anyway, yeah. Again, I kind of went off there, but like, yeah, Kiati Mundi, in my opinion, worst Jedi. <laughs> at, okay. at, at the very least, worst Jedi in this era of Star Wars. There might be worse in like the the High Republic era, right? I don't know too much. I don't know hardly anything about the High Republic era. Um, okay, side, and then there's like step. the Old Republic. Even compared to the Jedi in the Old Republic, Kiati Mundi, in my opinion, is the worst Jedi that I know of. Okay, sidestep. <laughs> Tales of the Jedi is coming up. I want to see what Yaddle even is. We're going to see a bit of her. We're yeah. going to see Yaddle. 
Part of me we feels still, like she might get murked by Count Dooku, but I don't we know. We still don't have a confirmed death for Yaddle either. Yeah. There, there, there is a scene in the Clone Wars TV show. It's in season Grogu's six. Grogu's mom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there's a scene in, in season six where we get a, a little implication that Yaddle is dead at that, uh, or will die. Not dead at that point because it's still part of the Clone Wars. That she will die. But we don't have a confirmed death of Yaddle. Did we see Yaddle at all in the Clone Wars? We see her in one in one scene, I believe, in in season six, and it's it's the the oh. episode where we see some some visions happening. Gotcha. I don't, okay. don't want well, anyway. to hey, don't wanna give too much. I don't want to give too much because we've no. got more. We will we'll cover that episode when we get to it. But it's, okay, a, it's a, let's cover this episode. Visions. Yeah. So. <laughs> But yes, Kiai Moody, to, terrible general. Okay, back to Anakin <laughs> and Ahsoka keeping count. Uh, they're you know keeping count of the droids they kill, whatever. Yeah, we cut we over get to the, we get the typical banter between the two as yeah. well. Like Anakin's like, "Oh, you're falling behind. Oh, right behind you, master." You know the the typical banter of yeah. Anakin and Ahsoka as they're fighting a war. Yep. You know, uh, life and death. The clone troopers dying around them, and they're just laughing and joking. Yep. Well, that's what I did when my school was. Um, <laughs> oh, I finally finally got to that point, did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even mine. No. No. Uh, we we so, cut back to in or to Obi Wan. Yeah. In his desperate They're situation. Yeah. Um, back over to Anakin. And, and again, as it goes to Obi Wan, it's a quick it's a quick little scene, but we see, it kind of does that zoom out. Where we see them in their their circle defense, and we just see like Geonosians closing around from all sides. Yeah, some like joy tanks fire. in there. They are getting royally effed up. Okay, Anakin and Ahsoka clear out the top of the fortress, but are attacked by droidicas. Uh, Rex joins yeah. them up top and assassinates one of the droidicas. Like very slow moving, <laughs> puts his pistol inside of the uh, shield yeah. and just you know. And I'm, I remember making this comment last time we covered this episode. Yeah. And I just hit that point again where the droidicas come up from inside this defensive position. Yep. And Anakin and Ahsoka are on either side of each other. Oh, yeah. And instead yeah. of Anakin, because Anakin is facing the droid that he ends up blocking and whatnot and holding off, Ahsoka's facing that droid as well, but in between Anakin and that droid. So instead of Anakin just turning around, we see Ahsoka run, turn around, run and slide under him, and Anakin jump to engage this one droidica. Instead of Ahsoka just taking that one, and Anakin just turn like they did this little like parkour move was that was two not droidicas. needed. Yes, there was two and they droidicas. They did this weird like switch that they could. Yeah, yeah, they did this weird like parkour switch thing. Instead of Anakin right. just simply turning yeah. around. But, Evan, if they did that, would it have looked cool? Like, <laughs> if anything, we know from Star Wars shows, they want to look cool. Remember the spinny <laughs> dude from Book of Boba Fett? <laughs> Zero tactical purpose. But it looked cool. And the in cool that factor. case, it didn't even look cool. But in this one, it <laughs> no. looks cool. They, they got to go for that cool factor. You're right. My, my yes. bad. I'll, I'll stop Star complaining Wars, you about entertain kids. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll stop complaining about the tactical advantages hey. and the realisticness of Anakin cool. just turning around and just let's just go for the Realism, cool factor. But whatever. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> but they place explosives at the top and jump off. Uh. Um. And 
they like basically toss Rex <sighs> off, and then when they get down, catch him with the force. My question though mm-hmm. is, how did Rex get up there? My assume, my assumption is that he just uh, grappled. Because the last but. time we see Rex before he does that slow little thing into the Droidica's you know shield and Pow kills it, mm-hmm. he's on the ground shooting at the turrets of the fortress. Yeah, my my guess is he probably just. He probably grappled up there. You know? So, like, how did Rex get up there so fast when it took Anakin and Ahsoka a quick little minute to get up there? Like, like okay, whatever. Cool factor. Moving on. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so they place explosives uh, on the top, jump off, whatever. Um, Conehead's group still fighting off the Geonosians, and he emerges to see a landing zone, that the one that they were trying to reach, Yeah, and, and- it just does not look good. And as that that happens as well, like right before that, we see Kiati Mundi order his clone troopers to commit a war crime. They okay. full blown commit a war crime, which is How using so? flamethrowers on living creatures. Oh, heck yeah! Yeah, <laughs> after World War II, the whole Geneva Convention, all that lovely stuff, that that became a war crime. That's not in Star Wars. So here's the thing, and I've heard an argument for this, right? Star Wars is an advanced is advanced civilizations on galactic scales, right? Mm-hmm. So on our little planet Earth, we had a World War II, and we had this thing called the Geneva Convention, and within that, it deemed certain acts as war crimes, hence flamethrowers, pyro, pyrotechnics, different fire-based things on people is a no-go. Torturing prisoners is a no-go. Killing someone after they've surrendered or are no longer considered a combatant is a no-go. This is advanced civilizations waging war on galactic scales. So for someone to say that no sort of Geneva Convention based thing has happened within the Star Wars universe, I think you are just being naive. But it would be assuming that it <laughs> that it has occurred. I I, I, I just refuse I, I like to believe. Idea. I like the idea of bonehead <laughs> burning people, so I'm. Fine. I just refuse but. to believe that there is no. Geneva Convention based thing within the Star Wars universe. Yeah. These civilizations are too advanced. Too many wars have happened, especially after the Jedi Sith War, where atrocities happen. Because we know how the Sith are. Yeah. I refuse to believe there's no Geneva Convention based <laughs> based contract or documentation, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I refuse to believe there's nothing like that in place in the Star Wars universe. Mm. And well, the Separatists and the Republic and the Rebellion and the Empire, the Resistance, the First Order, break that sh- uh-huh. over, and over 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 again. So, shut up. It's <laughs> too much. And I follow this, 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 uh, this lady on TikTok who is very big into Star Wars who has several videos over it <laughs> where see. she goes to key points in the different episodes of just the clone wars, right? Of war crimes being committed. 
And even if it's not the same thing as the Geneva Convention, I have to believe that these people would agree that, like, torturing prisoners is not a good thing. <laughs> Killing non-combatants, as we see on the Jedi side, they, they're like, we, we got to be careful to civilians, right? At least they take that into account. The Separatists just don't care. Mm-hmm. Right. But, so, but like, there's, there's, there's got to be something. Okay. And, okay. and now that you I've seen those the videos. Into the ground. I will drill it. I will drill it through the ground, damn it. I'm going to mute you and just keep narrating. How about that? I'll just complete the episode on my own. And then no. I'll, I'll just be talking on my side. I'll send you the audio and we'll be just, we'll just be talking over each other. Well, I edit it, so I'll just cut it off at that point. Anyway. Rude. So Anakin calls Admiral Yolaren asking for reinforcements, and they come in basically saving the day. Uh, they real quick, cool factor. Re- I'm gonna kill myself. There, there's a cool talking. factor here. Oh, cool we've factor. There's the cool factor with with uh, this is again the whole war crime thing. But we see Kiati Mundi with his with his flame troop for flamethrowers and whatnot. And as they come out of the caves, right before we see them, we see Gene Oceans come flying out on fire. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I don't and like this Gene is Oceans. a kids show, and they are on fire, screeching, burning alive. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Well, anyway, and so that's another thing, like, people that say this is a kid's show, we have stuff like this happening. This is really yeah. a kid's show? Just because they don't show blood does not make it a kid's show. We see creatures on fire flying around screeching in pain. Cool mm-hmm. factor, let's go. Freaking yeah. dark crap happening. <laughs> so they regroup and form a new plan, uh, taking out the sensor array that would allow them to target, like, Republic tanks. Yeah, um, it's basically for um, those big old Gene Ocean guns that we see. They they do yeah. like the the blah, 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 blah thing when they shoot. I, it's so weird. I, it's a weird noise. That's the weirdest noise I can think of. Freaking Zoiberg from Futurama. All right? Yeah, I was gonna say I was trying. I was piecing it together. That's what it sounded like. But I was trying to figure out what it was. Uh, but yeah, but again, like the the, the Gene Oceans have these big old. I don't know if they're ion cannons specifically. I don't know what kind of cannons they are, but they're big old stationary cannons, yeah. right? Essentially like like early versions of those big old cannons we see in episode five, the Battle yep. of Hoth that the Rebellion uses. Like older versions of those, Gene Ocean style, uh, mm-hmm. and they use this sensor array to help their with their targeting systems and yeah. whatnot. And basically that is their goal. Take that out, get rid of those big guns so the tanks can move in and just destroy right. the, the, the facility. Yep. So Anakin and his group run in, throw some EMP uh, grenades at them, uh, jamming the scanners long enough for the tanks to take out yeah. the shield generator. Uh, everyone else comes in and lands. Geonosians are taken captive. Mission success, at least yeah. so far. Um, and as well, right before all this kicks off, we get that one last shot of Obi-Wan's position, mm-hmm. right? Uh, of them again, still surrounded. Obi Wan's covered in dirt. We can see a couple like cut marks that look more like scars. Again, because they don't want to show blood and all that stuff for kids. Um, and it's like they're, they're like two seconds from being overrun before that big old airstrike comes in to save the day, right before they kind of kick off their plan. Um, as well, this is another instance where Anakin kind of gets like the short straw or draws mm-hmm. the, the short straw of the bunch. Which, granted, he probably, like, volunteered for it. But, again, Anakin is making the run, charging headfirst into danger, leading his troopers to the slaughter. <laughs> and, 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 again, 
I mean, we see it time and time again where Anakin just volunteers for the suicide missions. Mm. And yeah. truthfully, I think between Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Kiati Mundi, the three generals they have here, I think... I don't think Kiati Mundi could have pulled it off. We only get a short glimpse of their charge, right? So we don't really get a whole lot of context of what all goes down. But I don't think Kiati Mundi could have pulled it off. I think Obi-Wan would have had a chance of pulling it off. But I think Anakin really is the only Jedi at this moment that we're watching that could have pulled it off so successfully. Hmm. Because, again, we Anakin's all about those reckless suicide missions and somehow pulls them off, you know? Yeah. And, and Which I don't think a lot of people really think about because we're just used to Anakin doing crazy stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like... It's kind of like that whole, if you if you see war over and over, you kind of become numb to it. Or you, you, you know, whatever. You're a police officer and you see crime. You Eventually, like, there's a good chance you just kind of become numb to it. We're just used to or kind of numb to Anakin doing these crazy things, which is kind of natural. But, like, truthfully, you know, like, any uh, anyone else, <laughs> I don't think pulls this off. Because they're charging forward, like, a dozen of them right Mm -hmm. a dozen clones anakin and ahsoka charging against a heavily fortified heavily fortified dug in position essentially a d-day scenario with only 12 15 of them maybe yeah so um but anyway they they meet up you know um after the mission kind of success type deal uh ahsoka and anakin come in and share their totals uh ahsoka asks him he anakin says he got 55 she says her total was 60 um but then he says because he called in an airstrike he that they're tied or yeah something. and i commented um, on this last time as well yeah because when someone calls in an airstrike at least in our modern day military for the united states the person that calls in the airstrike gets the kills, not the pilot flying the plane yeah, or piloting the helicopter. So really, Anakin should have like probably two or 300 kills at yeah, least. Yeah, I was going to say, it should be probably a lot more. Yeah, so the fact that he just says tie uh, is just, which, which is, this is a rare occurrence, is Anakin being modest. <laughs> yeah, but um, because Obi-Wan... Yeah. We know that Anakin is anything... Yeah. but modest <laughs> so anakin or uh no obi-wan says that he can never understand how they simplify the battles into some kind of game um because they they like yeah he says something like that and then conehead goes 65 that that was my count yeah <laughs> and he asks what he wins <laughs> and the uh, anakin says his everlasting respect and obi-wan makes some comment like well, that's a rare gift or something. Yeah, like that's yeah. What's he say? I, I'm literally right here in the episode. Yeah, that is a gift Anakin rarely bestows. I assure you, because Kiati Munich looks a little down about it. He's like, "Oh, that's it." Yeah. yeah. Which, if we really think about that, his reaction to Anakin's "my everlasting respect," oh, that's it. <laughs> the f- dude. <laughs> like like this is the chosen one this is a dude that is so good as a 
at this point, like, 21-year-old, maybe, yeah. that he is better than 99% of the Jedi Order. Like, I would argue the only Jedi that are yeah. better than him is Yoda, Mace Windu, and Plo Koon. I would say Obi-Wan's on his level. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that is the end of that episode. Yeah. Uh, that's how that one ends. Um, it's kind of a action-packed one. I mean, we took quite a while covering that one, but, I mean, there's a lot going on. You know, Anakin doing some weird, like, you know, jumping up the fortress type of thing. They're doing a lot of uh, activities in the air, which kind of leads us into our sponsor uh, for this episode. Um, let me get it unmuted so Evan can hear it. But uh, <laughs> this is this is our sponsor for the episode. This episode is brought to you by Anakin's Aerial Activities. Combining the fun of rock climbing, skydiving, and parkour, come on down to the former fortress of Geonosis today to get your lessons. We're not liable for any injuries, and you are liable for any property damage taking place as a result of your session. Anyway. <laughs> nice. All right. Coming back, uh, we have episode six. Um, it's called Weapons Factory. Yep. We get a quote. Uh, so the quick brief description here that it gives on the Disney Plus says Luminara and Anakin act as decoys to divert enemy super tanks. Uh, yeah. And our quote for the episode is, if it would not jump past it, <laughs> uh, no gift is more precious than trust. And then, we and have then our narration. Yep, we get our narration that kind of sets the scene. It says, The final surge. Having learned of Warlord Poggle the Lesser's plot to rebuild a Separatist droid foundry on Geonosis, Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker and his Padawan Ahsoka Tano. Wait, sorry. Um, Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker and his Padawan Ahsoka Tano. Because he always <laughs> says it like with that drawn out, like, oh, yeah. you know, at the end. Anyway. Uh, prepared to assault this heavily fortified installation. Their mission, destroy the factory at all costs, anticipating stiff resistance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Republic commanders send Jedi Master Luminara Unduli and her Padawan Barris Offie to reinforce the attack. So but time runs short <laughs> for our intrepid heroes as the dreaded droid mill nears completion. Yes. During the narration, when it says they're facing stiff resistance, the the, the sh clip that it shows is the clip of Kiade Mundi's flame troopers burning Geonosians alive. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh. so we open scene and we see uh, Master Luminara and Barris enter in, along uh, with Commander Gree. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Commander uh, Gree doesn't we, get a whole lot of credit. For those that don't know who that is, that's one of the clones that Yoda cuts the head off of in Episode 3. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, one of those two clones that, that he backflips and cuts their heads yep. off. One of them is General Gree, because, or, or Commander Gree, sorry, because Luminara is on Kashyyyk uh, hmm. when, when everything goes down. She's in one of those big old juggernaut vehicles with, like, the eight wheels. Oh. Or ten wheels, whatever it is. Hmm. And so is... Um, Oh gosh, which Jedi is it? No, maybe it is Luminara there. I'm thinking. 
No, sorry. Luminara is there. At one point, she's in with those as a command position, but she's when Order 66 goes down, she's in a tent. I believe it's Luminara in a tent healing a clone trooper with force heal. Order 66 goes down. She gets gunned from behind as she's healing a clone. <laughs> Where is that shown? Uh, that's in the Revenge of the Sith book, I believe. Oh, okay. It, I, I believe it talks about it there. It's either that or it's in a comic. Gotcha. Um, well, anyway, we pan over to Anakin and Ahsoka briefing everyone. Anakin interrupts her to kind of take over himself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is supposed to be Ahsoka's briefing. Yeah. And Anakin keeps just keeps jumping in and like cutting her off. And yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like I do to Jacob. You know, just, he's like trying to go Perfect through it. And I'm just jumping in there and just freaking, nope, shut up. You know, nope, I'm, I'm talking now. You'd be quiet. <laughs> Whereas I just kind of jump in. Anakin's like stepping in front of her and just like kind of pushing her to the side. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. Luminara. I love Ahsoka's reaction too. She just like you. looks at him. I hate you. <laughs> I don't know if you were trying to do that or if you no. it just naturally happened. But screw you. <laughs> I sorry. So I just I was just say like I love Ahsoka's reaction to this because she just looks at this dude like this mother. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's basically what I'm reacting to you. <laughs> Remember when we didn't do voice call or video call over this, and it just happens so much more often than it does now, which is saying something. Are you sure? Are you <laughs> yeah. really sure? I was thinking this when we were covering, um, when we were covering episode five here. I was literally sitting here. I'm like, we started voice chat so we could look at each other and see when the other is gonna start talking, so that we don't interrupt each other. <laughs> Meanwhile. I don't think I think you're just like is he about to talk? Okay, now I'll say what I want. <laughs> no, the the problem is you, you'll be you'll be talking, but you're looking at your notes. You're not looking at the yeah. voice call, so you're looking at your notes, so you don't realize that I'm I'm about to go say something in between, like when you go to pause. You don't realize I'm about to say something because you're like, all right, what's the next line? There's the next line. This is what it says. Because because yeah. it's it's the notes thing that I I think is is what's happening. Which, I mean, fair enough. You've got your notes so you can, you know, that's how you track everything and whatnot, but... I'm bringing it over to this screen. I think that's what's happening. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> because, like, I, I wait and I see, like, all right, he's taking a he's taking a breath here, so I put a little comment in there about something, or, like, all right, I can tell that he's between lines. He's going from this line to the next scene, and I have something on this scene, so I'll interject real quick. Okay. But then, so again, you're on your notes. So you I, can, have, I have yeah. my notes now pulled up. On the same screen <laughs> that you are. I'm going to see if I can. I can't do anything else. So that's the. Oh, no. There it is. Okay. Yes. I have you. So. Maybe that'll help. Maybe. Because I'll do this thing too. I'll be like, I'll be like this. And then you just keep going. I'm like, he totally doesn't see me. Like, one second. Okay. <laughs> well. Luminara and Barris approach Anakin and Ahsoka, who are now arguing. Mm -hmm. uh, introductions are made. <laughs> we, <they> see, <laughs> yeah, we see clones loading up the injured. Um, and Luminara <laughs> and, and the, the group make a plan to place bombs under the palace type thing. It's got a bunch yeah. of tunnels underneath. And um, they're going to place bombs there and blow it up. Barris I noticed has, as well. Yeah. That Anakin's got some of Kiati Mundi's troopers with him. Hmm. 
They like I don't they get like I'm assuming just assigned to Anakin. Like they've got like the that trooper armor that Kiati Moody's dudes had in the last episode. Hmm. Because it, it's it's literally all troopers in that armor and then one single clone trooper in normal phase one armor. Hmm. The rest have Kiati Moody's troopers armor on. <laughs> like did Anakin just lose that many guys? Jeez. <laughs> Got one left besides besides Rex, because then then Luminara shows up and she's got like she's got her her troopers with like the green markings and stuff on their armor. But like just, I just realized Anakin's got like one dude left besides Rex. <laughs> That's sole clone troopers. Sorry, buddy, you're not making it. <laughs> um. <laughs> but apparently Barris has memorized all 200 junctions of the tunnels underneath the yeah. palace thing. Factory, and we, right? It, it yeah, is a factory. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a factory um, built on top of like one of their honeycomb. Right. Like, basically like ant colony things that the Genotians have. Yeah. And one thing I like here that we get to see is the Anakin, comparisons. because he's the only man. <laughs> yes, uh, well, no, the only the, the the only one in his place. Um. <laughs> I'm saying you like men. <laughs> Anyways, uh, no, I like the comparison of master and apprentice that we get here between Luminara and Barris and Anakin and Ahsoka. Because yeah, we like see the differences. Yeah, we see Anakin and Ahsoka, and as we've seen them the whole time, and as we see them throughout the whole of the Clone Wars, they are very much back and forth, bantering, joking with each other, arguing. They're more brother and sister, whereas Barris and Luminara are very much master and apprentice. Yeah, it's they're, like they're teacher not, and not student even, kind of thing. Yeah, not... they're, they're not even like mother and daughter. They're like master and apprentice, teacher and student. Barris is very respectful. She heeds Luminara's wisdom with the utmost respect. She's always prepared, follows through with her orders very crispy, very pristinely. Whereas Ahsoka, very much like Anakin, is kind of this loose cannon that, yes, she has her mission, but at the end of the day, as long as the mission gets done, she really doesn't care how it gets done, at least early on, which is very much an Anakin thing to do. Yeah. And so I, I really like the the comparison or or the the lack of comparison that we have here between master and apprentice in these two different groups. And yeah. I just have to imagine that their clones, we would probably, if we saw their clones interaction with each other, there would be that stark difference as well. I, I'm mm. guessing if we had a Commander Green and a Captain Rex interacting with each other, you know off of the battlefield where, you know, things are serious. So like command structure, all that stuff. But I, I can, I can imagine the two of them approaching things very differently, having different plans for the same goal, all this kind of stuff based on the leadership that they, that they have. Mm. Okay, I can definitely see Rex being maybe not so much a, the loose cannon because Rex is very much the voice of reason for Anakin, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Whereas it's like Rex and Obi-Wan are the voice of reason for Anakin. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa there, bud. Let's back it up a quick second. You know, but yeah, to a certain degree, leadership definitely rubs off on 
those under their command. So Rex would definitely be, I would say, much more quick to go off plan. Whereas I could definitely see Commander Gree because he falls under Luminara, sticking to the plan, sticking to the to the I's and the T's, making sure they're dotted and crossed, like very by the book. Yeah. Because of their leadership, and and that all again just comes back to I like um, I like the the difference we see here because we really don't get to see a very opposite of Anakin and Ahsoka when it comes to Master and Apprentice. Yeah. In, in, in the movie, Honestly, I don't, don't remember we, seeing much. D- yeah, like, even in the Clone Wars, we don't really... The, the only other Apprentice we really see is Barriss. Yeah. Besides Ahsoka. Right. There's there's a couple of those episodes where we see some of the, the younglings and like the, the... Those are about to become Padawans, but they don't have their own individual Master. They're all just under Yoda. Right. And so I, I do like that they threw in kind of like we have our dynamic duo, Anakin and Ahsoka, but we also have our very by-the-book duo, Luminara and Barris. Yeah. Which I, which I really like. Yeah, I think it really turns out well in the end. Um, so that was uh, foreshadowing a little bit or a reference to um, later on what happens. Evan. Yeah. Turned <laughs> very, out great. Yeah, turned very much so. Turned out real great. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Luminara and Anakin are going to cause a distraction to Poggle so that Ahsoka and Barris can plant the bombs underneath and, uh, you know, they can go through their plan. So Barris and Ahsoka take off and they begin approaching the factory. Yeah. Um, Anakin and Luminara take their troops out in the open to kind of tempt the droids. Uh, meanwhile, Ahsoka and Barris climb down below. Yeah, and like it's even stated as well within the episode that Anakin and Luminara with their troopers are not just in the open. They're like in the open with no cover around. They need to be like very tempting bait. Like yeah. basically they need to act like they've been caught with their pants down to really pull as many droids out as possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, pull as many out as you can. That way Ahsoka and Barris don't have to deal with them. They can sneak in undetected, all that fun stuff. So, like, again, with Anakin's typical actions, suicide mission. Yeah. <laughs> as I stated last for the last episode. <laughs> suicide mission. <laughs> so, Anakin and Luminara uh, fight off droids while the there's an intelligence, yeah, intelligence droid... Uh, that says they've fallen into a trap and secondary attacks are then made. Um, meanwhile, down below, Barris cuts through the wall, uh, entering mm. into the tunnels. So they both go I in there. S- I saw a thing with this as well. With mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of strange, but the more I think about it, it kind of makes a little more sense, especially with what, what's to come. Whenever we see a Jedi cut a hole through a door or a wall or what have you, it's always in a circle. Mm-hmm. But Barris's when she cuts, she just cuts a square, which doesn't seem like anything on the surface, but with what happens later on, cough, cough, fall of a Jedi, um, it's kind of like they're intentionally early on trying to show Barris doing just something as simple as cutting through a wall different than every other Jedi we've seen. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It almost seems like the sort of thing where it's just overanalyzing it, you know? 
but at the same well, time, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I guess as the episode first comes out, I would definitely say it'd be like an over over analysis. But like with the whole show coming being out and us knowing what's to come, it's, at least in my opinion, it's kind of like foreshadowing a, a little bit. It could type be of like she's not your average Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, um, they navigate their way through seeing some gene oceans along the way. Um, they find themselves in a tunnel with a bunch of gene oceans that are sleeping. It's like the yeah. whole hive. Um, and we cut over from that to Anakin and Luminara fighting and still hoping, like hoping that Barris and, uh, Ahsoka are not lost down there. Yeah. And um, as we see them fighting as well, we get some shots of the different clone troopers and whatnot as well. Mm-hmm. And as we see, they are out in the open. They're pushing forward to even more open ground. Uh, they're fighting battle droids as well as Geonosians just buzzing around all over the place, you know. So he's affected. Anakin and, and Luminara have effectively gotten themselves surrounded again. <laughs> yeah. Um, we see Ahsoka doubting Barris as she navigates. They jump through a hole, yeah. uh, in the, and, and we see a Geonosian shortly behind them. One of them yeah, woke up. Because they, they basically they came were. to a dead end, and they're like, oh, shoot, where do we go? And then Barris is like, oh, look, a hole above us. <laughs> That's yeah. where we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Poggle's intelligence droid asks to use a secret weapon, which are super mm-hmm. tanks. Uh, they yeah, roll I'm, out. And... I'm drawing a blank on their like, because I they have like a like we have like the AAT and yeah like they the got ATTE a name and what they've got a name so I can't remember what they are, mm. but really that's not important because this is the only episode we see them in. Mm, yeah. So. Uh, but. Which doesn't make any sense because if you think about it, if if they've got this super tank that's supposed to be OP. You know, like, the best thing that cannot be beaten type of deal. Like, wouldn't they share that with other factories? You'd think at so. Least the, at least the plans to make them, you know? Yeah. I think that's another one of those kind of, like, oversights that kind of happened with the show. They did, they did it for this one episode as kind of, like, this big threat that needs to be taken out and just kind of forgot about them after that. Yeah. But... Um. Ahsoka and uh, we do see reach the droid Sorry. factory and seek the control room. Yeah. That's just what happens next, but we can backtrack to whatever mm. you were going to mention. I was, we, we do see, as those super tanks are coming out onto the bridge, uh, we do see artillery getting ready to fire on them right before it jumps to Ahsoka and Barris. Oh, um, yeah. and I'll, I'll just say this, that way I don't do it once we get there, uh, because it jumps quickly back over to them, and we see the artillery fire on these tanks, and they do nothing. Yeah. Like nothing at all, and and like we've seen instances, especially back in the Clone Wars movie, where like these this artillery is like destroying AATs and kind of like their their spider walkers and their um, what are they called? It's the, those like three legged walkers that we see in the Clone Wars movie. They're like octa octa walkers or so, something weird like that, hmm. you know. And and Anakin kind of makes a comment of them having like they've got to be race shielded so like our artillery can't punch through but like for a tank to have race shields which is what we see on like republic and separatist cruisers and like imperial cruisers and like their big old like 
Jedi cruisers and Imperial mm-hmm. destroyers and whatnot. Like for a tank to have that type of like shielding is insane because there's going to be no ground forces or ground guns that's going to be able to take that out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Ahsoka and Barris are in the control room and run over to place the explosives. Meanwhile, the Geonosian that was following them informs Poggle uh, of this, and then he shows up in the control room. Um, Ahsoka and Barris are attacked, and mm. the bombs are collected. The intelligence droid um, that is he's down there now um, gets blown up when Ahsoka tries to, like, blow up the tank because she throws an explosive on one of those tanks Mm -hmm. and the intelligence droid is like right next to it and he's like ha your weapons are you know not going to do anything to this new super tank but he's standing right next to it so he's (laughs) just completely unaware and it blows him up yeah and we Um, see the gene oceans grabbing all the different explosives off of the generator as this is going on as well uh, but as you said, that they throw a little one on the uh, explosive on the tank and it blows up and just destroys the intelligence mm-hmm. droid. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's so smart, are you? Huh? Wow. <laughs> um, we do also see as it cuts back to Luminar and Anakin, mm-hmm. uh, we see the super tanks kind of open up with their their missile barrels that they have and they fire and they just like their barrage of missiles just destroy like four or five ATTEs, like they're nothing. Yeah. Which is, again, saying something, because, like, ATTEs are, like, at this time, this day and age in Star Wars, they are, like, kind of, like, the pinnacle, the peak of, like, heavy armor uh, within the galaxy. And it's, like, you put an ATTE against uh, an AAT from the Separatist side, ATTE wins every time. Like, mm-hmm. without question, it, it wins every time. And so the fact that the droids have come up with this tank that just obliterates them like they're nothing is a big deal. Yeah. Um, but Anakin commands Rex to turn the men back and try to get the tanks out on the bridge. Uh, meanwhile, Ahsoka and Barris try to get their bombs back, but the Geonosians escape. Cut over again. The tanks that are on the bridge, uh, mm-hmm. they're they're up there, and Anakin and Luminara place bombs underneath, eventually detonating them yeah. and destroying the tanks as they fall into the to the chasm. Yeah. And- as this is happening as well, we do see clones pulling back um, again because their artillery did nothing, so the, their blasters are going to do nothing as well, as yeah. well as their rockets and whatnot. And so it's basically like, uh, "Hey, you guys fall back, get to cover. We're gonna we're gonna take care of this." Um, and I just have to say as well, like the dexterity of Anakin and Luminara. Yeah, as they're like they're, monkey climbing underneath. Yeah, well, like yeah. they're just—they're—it's not even like they're on like the side of a cliff where they can use their legs to help support them. It, this is pure like pure finger strength. And Grant yeah. Anakin has the one robotic arm, but like his other arm, which is not robotic, is like what have they been doing with their hands? Like, geez, that's that's impressive. <laughs> yes, Jacob, that's exactly um, where I was going with anyway, that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Barris is down in the control room cuts her way into the tank um, then Ahsoka gets in and Ahsoka decides that they're going to have to destroy the generator with the tank while being inside because they no longer have their explosives mm-hmm. but in this they don't know if they're going to make it so Ahsoka tells Anakin over 
radio that uh that basically she can't they can't make it out they're gonna you know try to yeah they'll complete it they'll destroy it they fire the tank yeah and as anakin's trying to reach out for ahsoka as well more battle droids are still coming out of the uh the factory Mm -hmm. and because the separatists make these cheap droids that are very easy to assemble the only chance for a republic victory here is for ah- ahsoka and barris to succeed yeah because although otherwise they're gonna keep pumping out battle droid after battle droid until the clones eventually just fall from overwhelming numbers right um and so it's it's kind of this this dire situation because anakin cannot reach ahsoka and so they don't know what the progress is. They don't know how much longer they have to hold. And it's like, do we keep holding and trust in our Padawans, or do we fall back and try and save the lives of our men? Yeah. You know? Um, and as you said, Ahsoka lets them know, like, hey, we're not making it out of this one. They fire, blowing up the whole facility while they're still in the tank underneath it. Yep. And uh, Luminara senses... Oh, so they start, like, Searching because the whole thing collapses on collapses yeah. on top of them, uh, on top of Barris and uh, Ahsoka. Um, but Luminara senses that the Padawans are drifting away. Anakin orders the ships to dig through the rubble because no, they also have limited oxygen. They're down underground right. and you know. Yeah. Um, well, and Anakin tries reaching them on the their comm system as well and is getting nothing. Yeah. Um, which I can only assume is because of the all the rock and what and rubble and whatnot yeah. underneath. Yeah. Because if their comm system works anything like communications nowadays that we have, it's it's all about like radio waves bouncing off the atmosphere and off the ground. If you've got rock in between, it's got nothing to bounce yeah. off of. Or yep. if anything, it just bounces back to you, so you, you get nothing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and like you said, Anakin orders Rex to, to get the heavy... Uh, like the heavy heavy equipment for like lifting gear and whatnot, um, as Anakin or as Ahsoka and Barris are just trapped, or basically using their lightsabers as a light source because it's pitch yeah. black. Um, Anakin and Luminara both have two different mindsets about their Padawans. We see, like, yeah. um, Luminara's more like, if it's her time, it's her time, you know. Right. Whereas uh, Anakin's Again, like, no, I am going to. Yeah. Get her back. Again, just going to show how different they really are. Mm-hmm. You know, but like like you said, uh, uh, Luminara is very much, if it's time for her to go, it's time for her to go. Like, I have to trust in the Force. Anakin's like, nah, f- that f- man. I'm saving him. I ain't yeah, I'm her doing everything in my power to prevent yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> as I see you right now, the time, my bad. That's fine. <laughs> um, and but Luminara does also state though that even if they do die, that's the difference between her and Anakin. She yes, she cares about her Padawan. She does very much, and she hopes she survives. But at the end of the day, Luminara is ready to let go. Like she is not forming that attachment that Anakin has formed, and she yeah. says, "I will mourn her passing, but I will also celebrate her life." Yeah. And Anakin's just like, why well, still plan on celebrating this victory with my Padawan? Like, just kind of as like yeah. a, a, like kind of like a sassy retort, too. Yeah. 
which definitely I think points to the immaturity of Anakin. And yeah. because yes, Luminara does care about her Padawan very deeply and whatnot, and she expresses that, but like she definitely acts not just more Jedi like in terms of the codes and whatnot, but she acts more adult like. Whereas Anakin's kind of like that teenager mm-hmm. who's like, no, we're doing it. We're gonna we're gonna find him, we're gonna do it, we're gonna make him safe, it's gonna be okay. Luminara is more like realistic about it. Like yeah. we need to learn to let go, you know, we need to learn to not form that attachment, this, that, and the other. Yeah. But um down below, Ahsoka tinkers with something to send like what basically use her radio adjust it a bit, fix it so that it can send a weak signal to Anakin yeah. um, and, and kind of be like, we're here, you know, find yeah. us right here. Uh, <laughs> Not which, quite Morse code, but like a, a similar type of like Morse code. Yeah, just to be able to locate her. Um, yeah. And the signal does go through. Anakin is able to then locate her. He orders ships to, you know, it's like they, they un, unbury them. Yeah, and, and right there at the end, there's to, like, there's like them. the last piece that needs to be lifted up, and they're like, nah, we ain't waiting. Force time, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they but. pull them out. They're good. Uh, and that's pretty well the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, that the episode went by basically... a lot quicker than the previous one. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, well, I feel like this episode was primarily like action, you know, too. Mm-hmm. Not like Not like war action. Like there was some of that, but like, there wasn't a ton of dialogue. I mean, there was, right. but nothing really too noteworthy, you know? Um, but yeah, because our kind of like last scene is just like Ahsoka and Barris being like, yeah, we did it. We're alive. Woohoo. Yeah, you'll betray me one day. <laughs> um, and it, it's right there at the end as well where we get the, the comment from Luminara where she says, like, unlike you, Skywalker, uh, I'm ready to let or I'm re- I'm ready to let go of my padawan when he kind of makes the comment of like I told you they'd be alive I told you we'd find them and she's like nah see like I I I didn't give up hope but like I'm I'm ready to let go if if the time comes yeah type of deal yeah but that's but, the end of that episode that's the end of this podcast episode yeah. um if you uh, stuck with us to the end how you doing? <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for doing that. Um, so next time, as we cover Star Wars, <laughs> we'll be covering season two, episodes seven and eight. Yep. Uh, which continue the hunt for Pago the Lesser, the battle on Geonosis, Geonosis Part Two, uh, <laughs> uh, for for another two episodes, uh, and that will kind of conclude the Geonosis arc. Of the Clone Wars. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, yeah. Go leave a review. Yeah. I don't know. If you so, if you enjoyed this, wanted to, um, and you liked it, like I said, if you enjoyed it, I kind of repeated myself there, but <laughs> check out other episodes, leave us a review on Apple or rate us on Spotify, whatever your listening platform is. Yep. Um, if you guys want to, see a live stream coverage 
Uh, leave those reviews on Apple Podcasts. It's whenever we hit 25 reviews, we'll do a live uh, yep. coverage of what, whatever we're on at that point, whether it still be Clone Wars or uh, whatever we go. Yeah, whatever we're, whatever we're whatever's up next, we will live stream that coverage of it. When, when, whenever we hit 25 reviews, on yeah, Apple, whenever we're still sitting at 10. So, <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, and then every 1,000 downloads is the blooper reels. I'm yep. not sure where we're at on that number. I'm not either. I'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> but regardless, keep... Oh, I just broke my pen. Yep. Um, we do have that link in the description uh, for the different platforms you can find us on as well as the uh, the your in-depth email where you can send any questions that you might have. Uh, but truthfully, go ask those questions on Apple Reviews so that we, we can get those numbers up. Yeah, and if you go on Anchor, you can actually submit voice recordings um, to our podcast to where we could include them in on an episode, given that they're appropriate. If anybody goes and leaves a voice comment through that about Jar Jar being a good character, I'm deleting it instantly. It's not getting played. <laughs> I'd like to challenge you to do that because I edit the <laughs> episodes. I'll include it. Anyway, that's it. <laughs> But if you include it, Jacob, time. I'm quitting the podcast. Well, still got a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Deuces.